Hey, it's Lori and Matt. And we are Teacher Saves World. We come, we come to the end of season three today. It's the end of February, 2022. March is when spring begins officially. Mm, spring. <clears throat> we get the spring equinox. I love spring. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> I got excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <clears throat> So it's time to put winter to rest. And this season three has been the winter. We've called it the winter of our discontent is here. <clears throat> yeah, we it's just kind of got real. Not winter is coming. Winter is here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we've spent the last couple months just getting things off our chest. Yeah, it actually felt really good. Felt great. You got to do it every now and then, mm-hmm. right? It's, we, we can't be... So positive and, and, you know, rose tinted glasses all of the time. Sometimes you got to take them off and you got to really look at things for, for what they are mm-hmm. and uh, not get lulled into sleep. All right. Not, not get pulled into that false sense that everything's okay all the time. And, and, um, or, or remote, like a kind yeah. of remote control, like a little robot. Yeah. Like just, well, this is what it is. Well, does yeah. it have to be, you know, if things yeah. aren't, Going well, do they have to, do we have to just be complacent and allow that and write it out? Not always. Some we do, but not everything. And that's kind of what this, I think, examination was for us. Yeah. And so that's what we were doing because season two, we did the exact, exact opposite. Season two was, was we put the rose tinted glasses on and we looked at all that was good. <clears throat> Everything that we loved about being teachers mm-hmm. and the, the profession of teaching and that's all still there. And that's, and it was great. And that felt really good too. Mm-hmm. And so season, and we didn't know what season three was going to be when season two was done. Season two was done. We put it in the can. We took a break. Yeah. And season three came to us because of the fall semester of 2021. <clears throat> yeah, it was a need. Like we have to talk about. It kind of hit us about maybe halfway through the semester. This is what we're going to talk about. Because it's what we were talking about anyway. And that's kind of what this podcast was born of. It's the things we talked about. Yeah. We're like, well, this is it. You know, it's not pretty, Mm -hmm. all of it, but this is what's happening right now. Yeah. And, um, and these, these things need to be talked about. They need to be talked about more often. They need to find their way into conversations with people who could actually do something about them. And I had this idea. I, I mentioned one of these episodes about, uh, we talked about the great veteran teachers that were just so calm and cool. When I remember no child left behind being rolled out and everyone was just, you know, hair was on fire and they're like, yeah, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just the pendulum will swing. They were, they were used to it. They'd seen the, the pendulum swing back and forth a few times. And they don't ignore the pendulum. They do what needs to be done for that yeah. swing. They just realize it's just 
part of what it is, right? It's just the pendulum swings. But I I have this sneaking suspicion that the pendulum is kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> that someone needs to to unstick it. Yeah. It's been or it's swinging in a bad direction. <laughs> further away. It's away. been, it's on a really long arc. Yeah. It's been, yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I, I would argue, I would say that some things have been set in motion, uh, around the time that, you know, we started teaching and no child left behind was part of that. And it kind of set us on this course and it, and I don't feel like we've come back from that. And I, I feel like we've just continued in that direction. And again, on this final episode, we're going to talk about just some of the bigger themes, some of the, some of the through lines, some of the larger concepts that we've um, been talking about for the last couple months. And I think it starts with this, the, the idea of, unintended consequences that most of what we're complaining about were, were born out of good ideas, a desire to do something good. Mm -hmm. And then policies get made systems put into place and unforeseen things happen. And, the system gets gamed and and before you know it, what started off as a good idea, an idea to help people, turns out to do the exact opposite. Yeah. And channel all kinds of energy away from what we should be focusing on. The kids. Mm-hmm. Right? And what works best in the classroom. And so many of these policies channel everything away from that. All of our energy, all of our time. Is now away from the kids. Mm-hmm. It's just ironic. We talked about PLCs. We talked about we're not real happy with PLCs. Even though PLCs were born out of this really good idea that a kid should be able to go into any student's or any teacher's classroom and yeah. have equal success. Yeah. And um, that is a good idea. But then this... When it takes an entire meeting to tell you how to submit the paperwork from the PLC meeting and yeah. how to scan this doc and where it, when that takes a confusing meeting on how to be compliant and how to prove you had a PLC, you got to think about that. Come on. It's just not, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. It is more mental fatigue on everyone's part. Administrators don't need to be doing that either. Think about their precious time. How do they think about bigger ideas, right? And a culture, a campus culture, those big, big ideas that are so vital. How do they have the mental space to do that if you're, if you're requiring them this minutia? And I just, it, yeah, it seems like another, just another part of the, you know, say assault, but just the slow erasure of the artistry that is teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this, this topic has been around a while. I remember 
the the whole idea of scripted curriculum. Oh yeah, being sort of from my experience, sort of the front edge of this idea that that we all just get a script mm. so that we all follow along. And I think PLCs kind of are following that same river, right? I mean, we're we're trying to homogenize our our profession. We're trying to make them all the same. And then and we're seeing even greater assault uh when it comes to you know, just like canned, like the, like the technological stuff that we could just kind of plug and play, mm. right? Already built for you. Because that's what they like to do. Stuff. It's always just, like, that's what just, they do. They're comfortable with screens. Just, just take this thing that this person made and throw it in a Google Classroom and then just let the students just work their way through it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where, where's, like, why do we even have teachers? Like, it just, it yeah. seems like. I saw somebody wrote like, I love these sub plans and they had like a post-it note and it was just like, dear sub, go to tell kids to go to Google classroom. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, their point being like, Oh, that's such an easier sub plan. That's lame. You know, like if, if, if monkey, if a monkey can do it, you know, I mean, this is an art. You know, you think about who who's the first teacher? Socrates on the steps of the Parthenon, right? Mm-hmm. Did somebody want him to have a live signature document of all of his students and put it into a Google Drive folder that's mm-hmm. under this overarching Google Drive folder of blah, 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 blah? No. This is an art. And you need to honor it with that title. I know there needs to be accountability, but what's the best way to get accountability? You know, we do this with our teenagers every day, right? We kind of trick them into learning, so to speak, by we need them to be accountable as well. And they're not, you know, they're reluctant learners. I guess we're like the administration's reluctant learners, the teachers. But we know the only way to inspire is to create relationships that are built on trust and mutual respect. And that's what I think is missing a little bit in the relationship between admin and teachers. Oh, yeah. And I think there's, <clears throat> of course, been a little panic in, in the last couple of years with COVID and things are a little wonky and amplified, as you said. The bad got worse, you know. What we knew was there just got magnified. Mm-hmm. And so the temperature has just been slowly being turned up. Mm-hmm. All right. That's been kind of another theme these last couple months has been, you know, we're, we are the frog in this slowly warming pot and things have just slowly been changing over time. And you need to take that view from above, remove yourself from the pot and look at what's going on. And our default settings are, slowly being changed. We talked about accommodations. We talked about how our default setting now seems to be not that the student is responsible for figuring out how to pass this class. It's we got to figure out how to get the student to pass the class. And if that 
means making it easier through accommodations, then that's what we'll do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, or simply just giving them a D minus. And that's almost the most dangerous place to be, right? They're not doing any of the work, but they have all these accommodations and you need passing grades and you're going to see teachers just kind of lie on their back and go, sure, pass. Because the kid's never here. I can't get a hold of anybody at home. They won't turn anything in, but I've got a legal document that I've got to accommodate this. And that, that's a dangerous place to be. You want your teachers fired up because it still means they care. When you get to a place where you're not hearing any back, like we've had a couple, we've had a couple staff meetings where there's not been anything said at the end of them. No questions. And that I've silence that too, and speaks volumes. I, um, that silence is loud. I remember I, I've, I've walked out a few, a few meetings this year and thought to myself like, wow, we were incredibly disciplined in our silence. It was flat. And it was flat as can be. Because there was more things being rolled out for us to do with the threat of if you don't do them, you know, and it's funny because these, these few little initiatives haven't happened yet. They were just kind of rolling them out, Mm -hmm. but that accountability piece was still there. So we haven't, you haven't even given us a chance to do it or not do it and fail. You're, You're rolling things out now and saying, and there's an accountability piece and they'll be checking. We haven't even, hey, we haven't even done, you haven't even yeah. given a chance to, to flake out yet. So that's, that's not the cult, that's not a culture, a positive culture building technique in leadership. You assume, again, API, assume positive intent. Assume that we will roll it out positively. You know, we're not getting that assumption any longer. Yeah, yeah so it's, you want a little life in your, in your staff still. You want people to question. It's kind of like when you roll out an assignment and nobody has any questions, and you're like, hmm, they're not even interested. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Another theme was the idea of the graveyard, that we keep putting things in and we don't take anything out. We talked about the forest getting thicker and thicker with trees, and we never cull the forest. We never remove trees to create some space to Mm -hmm. create a healthy forest environment to prevent the, the fire from breaking out at the first sight of lightning. Mm -hmm. And over the last two decades, we've just, you know, Laura and I have just, our plates have gotten fuller and fuller and fuller. We're asking you, we're being asked to do more and more and more and nothing ever gets taken off our plate. No. Ever. And because of that, and we didn't discuss this at all this season, I don't think. Because of this, Matt and I have had these conversations of like, uh-oh, we need to take some own thing, some things of our own off our own plate. Meaning some things maybe we've done for the school for many years. Yes. We might need to give to another teacher that doesn't have, you know, we, those, those clubs, yearbook, we, all of these things. Lori and I each do some, Lori does more than I do, but we each do some extra things. And, and these are extra things that we really thought that we would do 
forever. Sure. And we started for the first time ever talking about stepping um, down. We need to, we need to cut back because we can't get our job done. Yeah. Okay. Our job is teaching. Mm -hmm. And so when that's in jeopardy and I can't get my work done professionally, I, I've got to take something off. Mm -hmm. I cannot like not have children. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get rid of them. I can't, you know, we've got aging parents. We've got our marriage. We've got our home. We've got our dogs. You know, we, we have to grocery shop. Like yeah. what needs to go? It would need to be extracurricular activities at school. Mm -hmm. And that's really sad because, you know, we're the doers. We're, I mean, there's, there's teachers on the campus that are the doers and some that really honestly just are there to teach and leave and that's fine. But man, you don't want the doers to stop doing because who do you get to do it? Yeah. We've had people step down from PLC leads because they just felt it was too much. Yep. And they were being criticized about how they were doing it. And they're like, you know, I, I, let's give it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. We have people in tears over this kind of stuff because yeah. they really take their job seriously. Yeah. And <clears throat> so time, this, this idea of the graveyard adding, 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 taking nothing out is taking our time from us, our most precious commodity, yeah. the, the most important thing to us. By far. And we talked about how our schedule over the life of our, our teaching life has changed so much. And Lori even just for a moment brought up the, the, the time requirements for teachers in other countries and how it's different for us here in the United States. How much, how much more of our time is spent in direct contact with students and how little time we have to do all the work necessary to be good in those moments. A lot of it has to do with money and respect and mm -hmm. just kind of where we were, our system was founded and um, established. And along with the time and the greater control of our time is the erosion of trust that that causes. And I, I and I don't know that I've ever it's it's worse now than it's ever been. And I don't I I don't think that's a site or district specific evaluation. This is something I think that's fairly widespread. Mm -hmm. These are concerns that a lot of teachers have. Mm-hmm not feeling trusted. Which is ironic seeing that we came off the, the pandemic and there was so much, you know, fanfare to teachers and how vital they are. And while wow, you take them out of the equation and the economy's falling apart. And, you know, we had this kind of little strung together a few months where like people were like, oh my God, what they do is amazing. I'm trying to homeschool my own children. And I, you know, well, and that goes into, that was one of our topics was the, this fake appreciation. Yeah. <clears throat> not that, not that words are, those words are empty. But they went away. But that, the idea was that was enough, was just to say a few nice words. Mm-hmm. Give you some microwave popcorn. And now <laughs> we're back and, in the and classroom a, and we suck again. And we're a, bad teachers again. And a mouse pad. <laughs> and I don't trust you to spend your time wisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess through all of this, you know, it's just 
some things can change and some things can't. There are some things that we feel do need to change. We need to strip back what we're asking teachers to do. We need to give them more time. Mm -hmm. We need to give them a little more freedom to, to be themselves again. Yeah. We need, need to stop trying to make them be like every other teacher at their school site that teaches the same subject as them. And we need to bring some of that artistry back. That's, that's where you're going to find the, the, the passion, right? Yep. That's where you're going to find the energy. Amen. Um, because some things can't change. You know, we, we, we talked about just last week, we talked about how teaching the children of today is very different than the, te- the students of 10, 15, 20 years ago. The world that they live in is, is a challenging world to be a young person. I, the, I really feel for them. Yes. I am, I am incredibly thankful that I am not a young person today. Yeah. I, I was just thinking I'm thankful we're not like, you know, I had an ex student who's pregnant, her and her husband are you know pregnant with their first baby. And I actually had the thought of like, Ooh, I don't envy that. Now we might have grandchildren someday, but I don't envy trying to raise a baby mm-hmm. because we didn't even have the smartphones when our kids were little. Yeah. They came later. It's hard. And the tools these kids have, the tools of distraction, mm-hmm. you know, I go back to that, that article, The Devil Lives in Our Phones, about Silicon Valley and all these tech giants who send their kids to Waldorf and Montessori and tech-free zones yeah. to memorize Latin, you know. And, and poetry. Yeah, and probably memorize a few poems yeah. and keep those devices out of their hands because mm-hmm. it helps them not think. Yeah. And they, of all people, want thinkers, Right. But then they're developing the devices that, <laughs> that make them super rich and the masses not think. It's just, oh, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. It is. So, you know, there's something to it. When, when I was responding to these YouTube videos of people quitting, teachers leaving the profession, all these why I left the classroom confessionals, why after three whole years in the classroom, I was leaving. Tell us. Eight years in the classroom. And I was like, man, they're just quitters, right? They're just, probably don't have any children, probably don't have a mortgage, probably don't, I mean, they could just make easy decisions like that. And we're going to do the opposite. We're going to show them this is why Teaching is great. Mm-hmm. This is why we love teaching. And so that's what season two. But then we had a really hard semester. Mm-hmm. And these things, and I thought back to, I thought back to those YouTube videos. And I thought back to some of the things I heard them say in those videos. And I realized there's something to that. There's something to what they were saying. Yeah. And it's not moving me to the point of quitting. But I think I understand them a little bit better now. Maybe I've allowed myself to really kind of sit with some of these thoughts. And there's truth in everything that we've talked about this season. Yeah. There's truth for a lot of teachers. And that I, this job is not getting easier. Exactly. 
And I think this exactly shows just how, how humbling a profession teaching is. Because you can think you've kind of got it figured out on a Tuesday, and by the end of a Wednesday, you don't. Like, and, you can, and you can think you have it dialed in and you know all the ins and outs. And then that human element of being with those, those kids every day and having those failures, which are inevitable, right? Because they're learning and they're young. And it takes a lot of fortitude to remain in that classroom day in, day out. It takes a lot of energy, even on good days. Um, and we need to be supported even when there's, you know, not a full-fledged pandemic going and school closures. We need to be supported every day. And if they call that teacher whining, I don't know what to tell them. But there's a reason when people leave the classroom, they don't come back. I, I maybe could count on maybe one person I know it left for administration and went back to the classroom in 20 plus years of teaching. Yeah. And it wasn't by choice. So why is that? Mm-hmm. Why do you not go back? You know, because it's challenging. And you got to get yourself up every day. And you got to find, you got to reinvent yourself sometimes and reinvent everything you know and do. And I think that's why the past three years, you know, has really, I don't know, it's shown a spotlight. You know, I'd, we had to reinvent everything to be online learning. Then we had to reinvent it to be hybrid. Then we got to reinvent it this year when everybody's back. And it's not like flipping a switch. This is hard stuff. You know, and, and when you feel like nobody sees it, nobody sees your work because it's so autonomous, you're just with the kids, it, it starts to wear on you. And I think this season, you know, I don't know, a cry for help is a little dramatic. But when you said, you know, I hope somebody with the powers to be hears this, that I think we, vo- we, we voice, we are the voice for a lot of teachers, a lot of our friends that we know. I've had friends come into my classroom, shut the door, and just put their head back on the door, cut, shut, close their eyes, and go, I don't think I can get through the rest of the day. And when I say I'm having similar feelings, they're like, oh, my God, I thought it was just me. And they're they're both relieved and bummed out, you know, that, well, Lori's having a bad day too. You know, they, they, they like the company, but I think it's just like, man, and you love your job. I say, yeah, I do love my job, but this is hard. So I think it's, uh, we got to come together and support each other. Maybe no truer words. We gotta come together, mm-hmm. and um, some people that can do something about it. You gotta start doing something about it. You gotta start doing something about it, because the job of being a teacher is not getting easier. And um, if you want to keep us around, do something about it.